You are listening to Caring Connected Conversations, and I'm Sydney, one of your hosts. I'm Angie, your other host. Each week, Sid and I will carry on conversations about physical, mental, and spiritual wellness. We will share our personal experiences and thoughts in a raw and inviting way. We hope to inspire you on your personal growth journey as we share tips, wisdom, and guidance around self-healing, self-growth, and most importantly, self-love. We want to connect on a deeper level, and what better way than through conversation. We hope this opens new doors for you to connect to the people in your life by carrying on our conversations. Now, let's get connected. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode number six. Woo! So exciting. This is Ange here. We have Sydney, of course, waiting for me to finish my intro because today's topic is going to be all about mind and body. I'm so excited because we haven't done a full segment on the body portion of the mind, body, soul, and I'm so excited to share my expertise in this. And Sydney, how is it going today? It is going so well. I'm also actually really excited to dive deep into this topic because I'm not an expert. And so I want to hear from you. I want to learn more, hopefully, and get closer to being an expert. Yeah, that's awesome. No, I'm so excited to share my knowledge. And of course, since this is going to be my favorite topic ever, you may or may not find me interrupting you. And I'm just wanting to apologize ahead of time because there might be something that you say that I'm like, wait, hold your thought. I need to give a little ref on this. So please, I'm excusing myself in advance. (laughs) Yeah, no, for sure. For sure. I think that's totally allowed because it's your passion, right? This is what kind of drives you to wake up and be who you are every single day. And like I said, I'm excited to learn from you. So if I'm sharing some of my experiences and you got something to share about that, please, by all means, jump in and let us hear your wisdom. So I think that is a little disclaimer. Thank you for warning me and the <laughs> listeners, but um, don't worry about it. I think it's all good because I can tell you're so excited already. Oh, yes. I know you, all, you guys obviously can't see me right now, but I'm just dancing. I got my head bob going. <laughs> <laughs> so good. So good. Okay, so we're going to jump into this, and I'm, I'm going to just start it off by maybe sharing a little bit of my background That's a great so the idea. listeners, and so you can hear a little bit of where I'm coming from on my physical experience in life and that body side of mind, body, soul. So I'd say for a good majority of my life, I've, I've had the desire to be fit and be strong. Now that hasn't always come through in my actions. Um, when I was younger, I was actually a synchronized swimmer. So I swam competitively. Yeah. I swam competitively since I was hmm, nine years old, I want to say, maybe not. I don't know. Mom, can you let me know on that one? (laughs) Um, But I I swam at a competitive level um, on the national level um, for a number of years until I was 14. And so I think that really allowed me to, to stay in kind of physical shape. But when you're 14, you know, is when I stopped swimming. And that's really when your body starts to change a lot more. So like I was in great shape when I was younger and then I kind of came out of that shape because I stopped swimming. And when I swam competitively, like we had practice four days a week and we did not just stuff in the pool. We did core workouts and running and Oh, you name it. I swear synchronized swimmers are some of the hardest I don't want to say the hardest working athletes because I mean, every athlete is hardworking for sure. But I think synchronized swimmers aren't given the credit that they deserve because they have to have the grace of a ballerina, the strength of a long, uh, of an endurance swimmer, the everything. I did a speech on synchronized swimming one time. So that's hilarious. Those points just came through from what I said in my speech. So like a great speech or something. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think I was like in grade eight or something when I did the speech. Oh my God. That's amazing. (laughs) Yeah. I was surprised I remembered that. So yeah, so I did that. And then 
through high school, I actually ended up getting a gym membership and cause I wanted to stay active. And I've other than synchronized swimming, I've never really been a team sports player. I played rugby for like half a year in high school. And I think I just, the only thing I got from that was running because I was so afraid of getting tackled. That's fair. But, um, yeah. So yeah, I bought a gym membership and I think I went to about six classes in the first month. And then it was one of those gym memberships where you can't cancel, like you have to keep it for an whatever the length of period of time is that you signed up for. And I just stopped going and I kept paying, but I stopped going. I think I lost, oh I just wasn't motivated. Like, yeah. I don't, I don't know how that, maybe because I wasn't passionate about it. Well, I say, oh my God, because I'm sure that there is going to be like a handful of people raising their hand being like, yep, that was me. Because that is honestly so not uncommon. <laughs> It's more common than you think to pay for a gym membership and literally not even go. I, I, I've never personally had that experience. I mean, I've paid for a yoga membership and not gone, actually, I can say that. But for a gym membership, like, I don't know. I've always made sure that if I'm paying, I'm going. So, I mean, I can relate in the yoga sense, but I have a feeling that there's somebody else going to be putting their hand up and be like, yep, that's totally me. <laughs> Yeah. Isn't that funny that like, that's, you know, you sit, when you sit back and think about it, like me right now, when I sit back and think about it, I'm like, Oh, that was probably a bad behavior. But you saying that it's common. And I believe you that it's common. It's like, I wonder how that affects us mentally, right? It's almost got that failure aspect of it because like you bought it, you paid for it. You had the desire to go because you wanted to be physically fit. You wanted to be stronger. You want whatever it was that you were desiring that made you go out and buy it. And then you didn't commit to yourself. And then in that sense, there is a little bit of failure, right? So like, how does that, have you ever experienced clients coming forward to you and having this failure mindset that has like kind of attached itself to them? And, and if so, how did you help them move forward or, or were they able to move away from it? Yeah, actually, that's, that's a great question. So I've had many and almost, I want to say almost every single one. I don't think that there has been one client that has not fallen off track. And I say this, it not, not to be mean or to disregard anybody. It's just, it happens when you fall off track, you fall off track and that's okay. Even myself, I can say I've fallen off track. I fell off track this week. Like that's okay. I'm not, but it's, the difference is the mindset behind it. So if you fall off track, how do you get back on track? Or do you consider yourself a failure because you have fallen off track? And I know mm. earlier you were talking about, you know, like failure. And I think this is a great topic to bring up right now because I, Angie Bartosik, am telling you that I want you to fail. I do. I really want you to fail so hard on your face that you're just not even going to know what what to do next to get back up because it just hit you so hard. And the reason why I say that is because it's so important to be able to build up resiliency from whatever the thing is that you failed at. And specifically talking about your physical failure, because if you don't see failure as a positive and you're only looking at it as a negative, well, guess what? Everything that has to do with your body and failing it's always going to be a negative thing for you. And you want to get mm. rid of that mindset. You want to be thinking more of failure is positive because now that I failed on, let's talk specific here. So let's say you downloaded a 30 day free workout guide on like Pinterest or you're following, um, like, I don't know, on Instagram, some, some of the girls do workouts and you've just been following those for 30 days. And then all of a sudden you just, fall off track. So you stop going to the gym, you stop or doing your workouts at home, let's say, and you just completely stop doing this 30 day challenge because you missed one day. You're like, well, I missed one day. So like, <laughs> you know, what's the point of doing That's anything? it? Yeah, exactly. What's the point of doing anything more? Well, the problem is just because you missed one day, doesn't mean that you are a failure. It mm. just means that your actions failed you. But if your thoughts are what dictates your actions, it's actually your thoughts that are failing you and not your actions itself. So I just want you to be a little clear on that before I move any forward into 
why I'm talking about why failure is so important. Because if you feel like a failure, that means everything negative that happens in your life is bad. Mm. I, you know what? I'm just going inter, to interject yeah. there because yeah. I actually agree with you. And now that you're explaining this from that physical point of view and how you see your physical self in your working out or, or whatever it is you do, it's actually really clicking. Everything that you're saying is clicking to, with me right now because it's things that I also say to my clients mm-hmm. in a mental and a spiritual wellness aspect of it. And it's, you know, I, It's like I didn't realize it at first in the physical side of things, but as you're saying it, like I just said, it's making sense to me because I'm starting to realize every time you fail, it is your choice to either grow from that failure or to stay put. So when you're saying like you've fallen off track, yes, in a sense you failed, right? That one day, but are you just going to wipe the slate clean and say, okay, well then I'm just going to fail every day after it and put this preconceived notion into your mind. Or are you going to say, no, I actually want to be better. So even though I fell off the track today and I failed today, tomorrow's a different day. Exactly. And a new opportunity. And if you're going to let your opportunities just slip away from you, just because you're choosing to do that. Well, at the end of the day, yes, that's your choice, but do you want to feel like a failure or do you want to feel like a success? Because those are two different things, no matter what side you look at it. Do you want to feel like a failure or do you want to feel like a success? And if you don't want to feel like a failure, then you need to remind yourself, hey, you missed a workout or you had you know, eight slices of pizza and four cupcakes today. That was me earlier this week. <laughs> <laughs> but guess what? Tomorrow is a new day. You're going to get to the gym. You're going to make sure you eat a well-balanced diet throughout the day. And so what that you fell off track? Because you need to fall off track to remind yourself of of the reason why you're even doing this in the first place. And I'm going to talk a little bit about me for a second. So for me, if I find myself falling off track, I'm like, okay, Ange, You've already had one cupcake. (laughs) You're going on your second. Okay, I actually had two cupcakes, let's be real. But (laughs) I almost had a third. But I had my second cupcake and I was like, okay, you had already one cupcake before. When's the last time you had a cupcake? I literally don't even know. Like, I I for sure know my birthday, which was like March last year. (laughs) (laughs) So maybe some time. Oh, I know my going, I had a going away party from my corporate job. So I for sure had some cake in, uh, was it June? So June of last year, for sure had some cake. So if I had two cupcakes and the last time I had cake was in June, am I really falling off track? Yeah, you're good. No, I'm good. Because I don't eat cupcakes every single day, just like I don't eat pizza every single day. But I'm going to enjoy every single bite and every single crumb of that cupcake and that pizza because I'm indulging in the things that I like. I'm not preventing it or restricting myself from it because it's bad, quote unquote. Everything is bad in the world. Let's be real. Even you can, you could argue that exercise is bad for you, but it's everything in moderation. You don't want to, you know, overdo anything or restrict yourself from things because then what happens is you create this, this unconscious negative mindset around everything around you. And I know I can talk about this from my personal experience because bodybuilding, for an example, this is like the best example I can ever think of from my personal experience because it's taking working out and dieting to the absolute freaking extreme, like so extreme, meaning you have to do this set and you have to do this rep and you have to do it you know, this exercise after, and you have to make sure you don't eat more than 200 grams of brown rice. And it has to be brown. It can't be white because white is bad. And if you're going to bloat from it and it's just like, Oh my God, like I can't do this. I can't do that. I have to make sure I do this. So I've been, I lived my life so strictly for three years, three years. I had this mindset that if I had a cupcake, I'm going to bloat from it. And then from there, I'm going to gain like two pounds because I was also number focused. And I realized after bodybuilding, I'm like, you know what? I, I can't do this anymore because I'm just creating this negative relationship with food and the gym. I now resented eating. So I decided mm. not to eat. And then I also resented the gym. So I just stopped going. And then obviously what happens when you don't eat well and you don't go to the gym, you yeah. increase weight. So it's just this never ending vicious cycle. And I was able to finally break free from it 
when I realized it was actually my mind that was controlling everything around me. Because again, your thoughts dictate your actions and your actions are going to dictate your results. So if I'm constantly thinking all these negative thoughts, then obviously my actions are going to be a little bit more negative, like negative actions, right? So anyways, what I'm really trying to get at is, is your mindset is the huge thing in behind failing and failing yeah. is good because for me, I did fail. I did fail in the sense that I was not able to live a balanced lifestyle because I lived it in a very strict way. So I failed living in a balanced way. But now I look back at that and I say, okay, what can I learn from this? Because I don't want to think of it as a bad memory. I want to think of it right. as a lesson. So what can I learn from it? And what can I do to improve myself so I don't ever fall off track with my nutrition or the gym? I love that. I really love that because that's something that I talk about with all of my clients. So not in the physical aspect of life at all because I'm a you know, spiritual and mental wellness coach. But I talk about the lessons. Where are the lessons? What can you learn from it? Don't look on it as a bad experience. So I love that you being, you know, the body and mindset coach can bring those two together. And it's, yeah, you maybe bought a gym membership when you were younger and you didn't go as often, but what can you learn from that now to, to, to make yourself better from my own, I'm going to kind of jump directions here a little bit. I mean, obviously I loved hearing everything that you said, but I'm going to jump back to me. <laughs> yeah, let's do it up. Um, I think it's a great, uh, I think it's a, I think it's a great way for the listeners to really understand who you are because I am the fitness and, and mind expert, as you say, but for somebody that's not the expert in the physical body of it, I think this is where our audience can really relate into how you feel. So I'm just so yeah. excited to share this. No, I, I, I love pointing that out too, because I bet you a good, I mean, hopefully some of our listeners are fitness experts. And if you are, thanks for listening and um, joining us on our journey. But for those of you that are like me and are not fitness experts and are maybe on our, your own fitness journey, trying to figure it out. I hope maybe you can, maybe you resonate a little bit with some of my stories and, and you're, you're shouting kind of like Ange said, and you agree with what I've experienced because the whole point of all of this is hopefully we can get some takeaways from Ange. That's all going to help us on our own journeys. So again, jumping back to my experience after high school, I went into university and I was lucky because I, I, I stayed a little bit more true to my fitness regime and working out. And I really credit that to my roommate and, and best friend from university because she was a very active person and she enjoyed going to the gym. So it pushed me to, it kept me accountable. I had someone to go to the gym with. And so we didn't just go to the gym and do like free weights where I had never done free weights in my entire life before. And she knew exactly what she was doing. So she was able to kind of coach me through that and help me through that. But we also signed up for some classes. So we did like kickboxing classes. Oh my gosh, we signed up for a hip hop dance class. It was like yes. a six week class and every week. And it was so, I have to share her memory from this. It was so funny because I was so into it and I loved it. Clearly the worst dancer in the entire class because <laughs> the teacher was always pointing me out and being like, maybe you should try it like this. Maybe you should just stop telling me how, how terrible of a dancer I am. <laughs> I was just like, Hey, I'm getting a workout in. I'm having a good time. And it's so funny. I don't know if any of you guys listening or maybe you Ange, have been in a dance class. That's like a consecutive one where you sign up and you go every week for however many weeks. But the one that I was in, we actually learned a routine. And so me and my roommate, we then took that routine to us to like a kegger. I think we went to like some party in university and we turned on a, a hip hop song and we were like pulling out our routine and everyone ended up just slowly like backing up to the outside of the room staring at us. Oh, oh my funny. God, I just picture this. And actually, yeah. enough, I totally did sign up for dance lessons with one of my girlfriends. Yes. And I signed up for belly dancing. Yes. I love it because it oh like pushes God. you out of your comfort zone, right? Yes. Like I've never hip hop danced before in my life. And to be honest, I probably would not remember any of the moves that I learned in that, in that 
workshop, that course, but, but you remember it just, the experience. Exactly. And it's a great way to work out, move your body, but also be doing it and having fun and doing it with a community. Whether or not you sign up with your friends, maybe you just meet friends while you're in the class. So I think that that's great. And then moving forward after university, my experience or I guess even technically still in university, but my experience with my fitness, I started to learn that I was more accountable and more likely to do things to move my physical body and stick to a fitness regime when I was passionate about what I was doing. And at that phase of my life, I wasn't passionate about going to the gym. Like I'm a very outdoorsy person and I want to spend any time outside that I can. So the last thing I want to do is go inside and work out. And so I ended up getting jobs that helped me to be, well, I didn't get them to help me be physically active, but because I'm such an outdoorsy person and I like being active, I ended up getting jobs that tied it all together. So where Ange and I met, we met at um, an obstacle aerial course that was very physical job. And so I loved working there because I didn't have to then go and work out. Right. Like it, it kept up my physical regime as I keep, keep saying. So it's almost like you went out of your way to find physical jobs, knowing that it's like a win win. you get a paycheck and you also get a nice Work and body in the sense, right? <laughs> exactly, exactly. But it's funny because I wasn't even really thinking about that being the win of it working my physical body. It was just like getting a job that I enjoyed doing and was outdoors. That was right. Like I didn't want to just sit at a desk and I didn't want to just work at a restaurant. I mean, I did work at a restaurant for a very short period of time and I hated it. So, all of you servers out there, good on you because it is not for me but yeah I I'm a up, server so I'm laughing yeah <laughs> oh my but God. I ended up loving it because it got me outside it got me physically moving and it really I think having that job where we worked together Ange was the first time since my synchronized swimming days where I was actually proud of my body and what I was able okay. to do and not in the sense like I've never really been a person that nitpicked myself and what I didn't like. Um, when I was young, I think actually in either grade seven or grade eight. Uh, so what's that? 12, 13. I stopped using a scale because <clears throat> I didn't like looking at a number and, and then comparing my worth to that number. So from a very young age, I just stopped weighing myself and I hey, good on you. Yeah, I probably only go on a way on a scale now, like if I'm at a doctor's office. I was going to say, if you're going to the doctor or something. Yeah. And so a lot of like when you, because I've moved provinces a number of times. And so for those of you that are legal age and have driver's license, I don't know if you remember, but like it has your weight on your driver's license. And every single time I move, they have to like confirm, you know, like, color of your hair, the color of your eyes, your height, your weight. And so every time they confirm my weight, I'm just like, yeah, around there. <laughs> I have no idea how much You're I like, weigh. I don't know. It was the last time I did this like four years ago and I renewed my license last time. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So it's like, I think it's gotta be something around there. I usually highball it because it's like, it's better if there's a I mean, that's probably the complete opposite of most people in life. I, I overshoot on my weight. That's I think, because it, <laughs> I think because it makes me feel better when I do get on a scale. It's like, oh, I thought I was this much the whole time. That's awesome. I'm like, I'm complex. <laughs> but yeah, so I had that physical job of working in the trees and that was awesome. And then I moved after university, I moved to the mountains and I actually probably one of the other than the job that I do today of being um, like owning my own business and being a mental and spiritual wellness coach for people and mentor, I'd say that this next job that I'm going to tell you guys about is probably at the top of my list of one of the coolest jobs I've ever had. And that was a dog sled guide. I got to be a dog sled guide for a number of years in the Canadian Rockies. And man, is that an experience to do not only to work with the dogs, 
um, and to get to experience that, but also to see and experience it with, with people who are experiencing dog sledding for the first time. If you've never been dog sledding, I highly suggest it. I mean, if you, if you're looking into it, just a disclaimer, make sure you look at the company that you're going with. Um, there are some very reputable companies, um, and some not so, uh, so just, that was just my little disclaimer. If you're looking to go dog sledding, well, look just into the company, just on that point, like I've never, ever been dog sledding. So what do you mean by look, look into the company? Like what points do I want to be looking for? Yeah, I love that. Okay. So there are actually no regulations in how, and it's the same as having a pet as a dog. There are no regulations in how you need to like treat the dog and take care of them. The only thing that the SPCA, and so for those of you that aren't Canadian or maybe who don't know what the SPCA is, it's um, like a humane society. It's the Canadian across Canada's Virgin. main humane society. Right. I don't know what it stands for, but <laughs> um, so the only reason why people can get their animals taken from them is if they are not giving them adequate food, water, and shelter. Okay. So it's very hard to prove what adequate food, water, and shelter is. So when I say, if you're going dog sledding, look into the company and see if they're reputable. I'm saying, see how they treat their animals, see how they treat their dogs. Now, we might get people who say, oh, dog sledding shouldn't be a thing. Um, but I very much believe that dogs, there are purpose-bred dogs, like uh, a, a cattle dog, right? Like it is their job to round up cattle and, right. and sheep dogs. It is their jo do job, excuse me, to round up sheep and hunting dogs and whatever. Like there are specific breeds that are purpose-bred dogs. And so these dogs that are dog sleds, um, or sorry, sled dogs, love to run. They love their job. And so when you can go with a company where you see and know that the people are not taking advantage of the dogs and their love for this sport, then that's a good company. If they are taking advantage and they're not caring for those dogs properly, then maybe it's not a place where you want to give your money to. Because a company that is taking your money and is putting it all back into the dogs and their level of care that's a good company, right? So the company that the company that I worked for was very reputable and a, they are very well known and they are amazing. They take really good care of their dogs. So I'm so thankful and grateful that I got to work with them. Um, but now back to the physical side of things. Yeah, that is actually, a, I wanted to um, just touch base on that because I know we're talking about dog setting so well. It is and it isn't uh, irrelevant to what we're talking about. But yeah. That the dogs love what they do. And yes. honestly, I wanted to use this as a tie-in into the physical component of it because what's important about the physical side of things is you gotta love what you do. The dogs love what they do. They love to run, they love to play because that's just like that's just in their breed. That's just that's what they know, right? Yeah. So how you can bring that into your life is you gotta find out what makes you happy in the gym. And I say that because there are so many, like hundreds, if not thousands of different workouts and ways of working out that you've probably never even tried. And how do you know you don't like it if you've never tried it? And I, I always say that because if you haven't had broccoli, you can't say you don't like broccoli. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but no, seriously, like there's so many different types of workouts like there's hit training there's strength training there's like dance how you were saying or there's group fitness classes like there's so yeah. much variety out there that you just got to really dabble your toes into everything and find out what you really enjoy doing because once you love the process of what you're doing you're going to fall in love with the experience you're not falling in love with the end result because right. how you were talking about earlier how numbers affected your emotions and how you based your own worth off of a number like that's so crazy to, for me to say that would that would be as another weird example Look in your bank account right now. Your number, whatever's in your bank account, is the definition of your worth. Oh, like that doesn't make any sense. It's not true. Yeah. It doesn't mean that you're, you know, you're this number of worthiness. Like, no, you're worthy no matter what number is on that scale. So if you're able to fall in love with the process of getting you to the feeling of what it would be like to lose weight, if that is your goal, 
then you're going to also fall in love with everything in between. And you're, you're going to forget about the end goal because let's be real. Yeah. Your entire life is you're a, fun. It's a, it's a journey. And yeah, mm-hmm. you've got to have fun doing it because you're not in being physical. It doesn't mean you have to look a certain way or you have to perform a certain way. It means that you are basically finding ways to increase your quality of life. And then in time, increase your actual time on this planet. So if you value your body, that means you value your life and you value your time on this earth. And if you want to find something that you can do that you enjoy doing, which also keeps you fit, then you're literally winning at life because you're not only prolonging your life expectancy, but you're also enjoying what you are doing right now. So you're creating your own happiness in that sense. And talking to like, you said what really worked for you in, I think it was university when you went to the gym with your friend. Yeah. So this is exactly like literally to a T what I teach in my group programs. And the reason why I teach group programs is because there's accountability, there's support and there's community without those three duh, you will fail. Because if one of those falls off, you're just going to feel out of alignment. Something's not working. You're not holding yourself accountable or your friend's not holding you accountable, or you don't have the support and be like, yeah, you got this Sydney. like, keep going. You're doing great. And you don't get to meet other people or for me specifically, because I work with women, you don't get to meet other women that are in the same mindset as you. And I know obviously you work with men and women, but I, mm-hmm. I work personally with, with women. So it's very important to find other like-minded, like-minded, uh, let's just say yep. people here to generalize it because you're, you're not going to feel as into it if you were here on your, on your own. So if you didn't right. go to the gym without a friend or you, you know, you went on your own and you're like, I just, I can't figure out how to keep myself going. Well, finding a partner is actually a great way to motivate yourself. And yeah, like I could talk about motivation next, but yeah. I don't go too much on this riff, but it's just, you know, really finding what works for you. If that means working out alone works best, or if that means working with a partner works best. So it's just yeah. really finding that, yeah. that balance. And I love, I love how you brought that idea in, you know, love the process of what you're doing. And I think that's what I found in my journey, my physical fitness journey of, you know, having a gym membership, not going, doing synchronized swimming, which I absolutely love. And then going to university and, you know, enjoying it a little bit more because of who I was with and then having jobs. That was the point where I kind of realized like having a job that requires me to stay physically fit and I enjoy the job and I enjoy the process. That was a real kind of page turner for me. And it made me realize like, screw the gym. I can just have a job that's physical, but now I don't have a job that's just physical. And so I'm at a phase in my life. You know, I'd say the last two years, I have not given myself the physical attention that I desire and I need because I haven't had a job that has kept me physically fit. And I'm, I've really lost the strength that I had when I was a dog sled guide. And not necessarily do I want to get back to that strength because it's completely different than any other strength that you're going to use in your life, but I do want to feel strong again. And so I'm at a point where I'm saying, okay, I want to feel strong and I need to show up and do the things that will get me there. So I've really, like, I've learned that I don't like going to the gym. I've learned that there's things that I do not enjoy about working out. And I've, through working with you, Ange, I've really started to recognize what, what can I love about this process to do this thing that I don't really like doing to create a habit that will keep me doing it. And to be honest, what you said for your groups is exactly what I need. I need accountability. I need support and I need community. And I feel so lucky to be able to work with you one-on-one because I love you. I love our conversations and chatting with you and spending time with you, even though we're not physically in the same space, but it is through deciding to do these one-on-one workouts with you that has kept me accountable. It's given me the support I need and it's created a community for me. So 
when I'm thinking about not wanting to show up for one of our scheduled workouts because I've been having an off day, I say to myself, no, Sydney, you have to do it because you made, it a, you made a commitment. And it's funny because I first say you made a commitment to Ange when really I should be saying you made a commitment to yourself. I was going to ask you who you made this commitment to. So I'm glad that you kind of interjected on yourself. That's so important. Yeah. What is that? Because, yes. Because this is kind of what I decided, you know, it's, it's a brand new decade. It's a brand new year. Um, I want to commit to myself and my physical strength. That's what's important to me. I don't need to look a certain way. I don't need to be a certain weight, but I want to feel healthy and I want to feel strong. And because of those two things, I know that I need to commit to myself and the time that it takes. And that me if that means starting out with just working out two days a week, then that's what I'm gonna do. Because I think I think and I wanna bring that this point up as well, because I think this is what really stopped me from working out for these past four years. You know, not we already talked about that failure and, and having the mindset around it. That definitely affected me. But also I felt like if I wasn't working out for at least three times more likely four times a week, then there was no point to it. Whereas when I first started working out with you, you said, let's just commit to two. Let's start with two days a week. And when I hear that, I say, well, I can do that. I can start with two and then I can build from there. So I think that was a huge kind of learning point for me. So I want to like turn this back to you, Ange, and I want to ask you, from the clients that you've worked with, whether they have been complete beginners or novices or you know they know their stuff what is it that you tell them and again i'm speaking generally what is it that you tell them or you find constantly comes up that kind of helps them in building this routine and this practice i love it so i can i can actually talk about how i can generalize it and how i can also make it specific because okay. it, it all boils down to this what works best for your lifestyle? That's a super generalized thing, but also you can sit here and think about, okay, what goes on in my everyday life? Most people, they work Monday to Friday. So that means they're out of the house and they're going on upon their business, going to work from Monday to Friday. So if you're already out of the house, that is honestly the best time to get your fitness in because you're already out doing the things. You're already motivated to get out. You're already motivated to get that paycheck. So you should be motivated into thinking about what the outcome it is that you're doing when it comes to your physical bodies and what you can do to, to improve it. Now, the next thing I want to talk about too, it's part of, it is part of motivation. So I'm kind of glad you asked me this question now. It's you want to find out the why. Why are you doing this? Why do you want to become more physical? And I know you said it earlier. You're like, well, because I want to feel stronger. I want to feel this. It's the feeling. You've got to tap into the feeling. So think about why you want to become more physical. Think about the feeling that you will receive once you've created that and work towards the feeling, not the result. Work towards the feeling. Because in time, you can also figure out within that, okay, now, if I'm working Monday to Friday and what works best for my lifestyle, then that means if I'm going to start with two times a week, then start with two times a week. I mean, I can sit here and give you all the recommendations and what you should be doing, but let's be real. Are you going to follow the, are you going to follow through? Because if you've heard me say you need to work out at least three to five times every single week for 30 to 60 minutes out of moderate to vigorous intensity. You're sitting here like, mm -hmm, yep, I know that. Or maybe this is the first time you're hearing it. But then when you actually go to apply yourself to do it, you're like, I can't commit to three times. It's impossible. Well, don't overcommit yourself because you want to make a promise to yourself that you're going to keep. So if you're saying that, Sydney, what worked for you is, okay, well, when we started working out, you know, I did recommend to you, well, let's just start twice a week because you told me what worked for you in the past. And that was easy for me to say, well, not downplay it, but I want you to be consistent with it. That's yeah. key here. Consistency is key. So if you can consistently commit to two times a week, and eventually you're going to tap into the feeling of yeah. what it is that you're creating, and you're just going to want to keep doing it more. So you're really subconsciously creating this habit 
by just changing one thing. And that one thing is you doing something physical twice a week. Yeah, exactly. I love that. I really love that. And I think I will throw in a side note for people here as well, because I know you actually posted on our Instagram page today and today as in the day that we're recording this. So this isn't going to really play true for those of you that are listening to this podcast because it, it's a little delayed right now in timing. Um, but you posted about, you know, even on your off days when you're not working out, you still need to move your body, you know, for at least 20 minutes, preferably half an hour. And so for me, I actually work a part-time job as well as building my own business. And so for those of you listening that maybe don't know this, my part-time job is dog walking. So one of the reasons why I said that I could only commit to two days a week was a yes, because I didn't want to overcommit myself and I wanted to make the promise that I could keep. So exactly what Ange is saying, but also because I already do have a really physically demanding job um, that I do five days a week. Right. Yes, it's only part time because I only do, you know, three hours a day. But I knew that if I had to also work out, you know, three or four times a week, I just, I don't even like, I think that that would just be a shock to my body because I haven't done that in that in like so long because my dog walking has really picked up in the last month. So on average, I walk 10 kilometers a day, five days a week. Some days it's 17 kilometers a day. Some days that's it's eight kilometers a day, but that's a lot. And so I kind of knew that I wasn't going to be able to do at least to start with something more extensive with my workout program, but I wanted to do something more than just walking because some of my walks aren't necessarily cardio. Like it doesn't get my heart rate up, but I am putting the kilometers in and it's not like I feel it in my arms. They're just so weak and I want to have stronger arms to be able to lift things and I want to have a stronger core. So those are things that I knew I want to work on. So I knew I had to start working out and do something more than just the walking. But like you're saying, stay consistent, make a promise you can commit, sorry, you can keep, don't overcommit yourself. The two days a week was when I was allowed to say like, oh yeah, I can do that for sure. And then, you know, who knows in three weeks time, I might be saying like, I'm going to, I'm going to now do one day on my own. So I've got two with you Ange, and one day on my own and totally. I can just build from here. Yeah, absolutely. And like you said, consistency is it, but you also need to be honest with yourself. And I'm so glad that you gave a little riff on why you chose to do only two times a week because yeah, maybe for you, it, you as in Sydney, it works perfectly yeah. to have twice a week, but maybe in somebody else's lifestyle, three actually is the right number. And I say this because you really want to do a whole lifestyle assessment. Think about your daily living routine. Are you generally sit, um, sedentary, which means like, are you usually sitting down? You're not moving a lot or do you have an active job? And I know Sydney, you can say I have an actively demanding job because you're dog walking for X amount of kilometers, which mm -hmm. for those of you listening <laughs> abroad that do not use kilometers, you can pull up that Google and figure out what that is in miles. Cause I couldn't even do that for you. <laughs> yeah. I but, think 10 kilometers is probably around like seven miles. I don't know though. Yeah. I don't know. Google. Pull up your computer. <laughs> <laughs> or if you know the magic conversion number, you can calculate it yourself. Yeah. But Actually, everywhere else, <laughs> but pretty much everywhere else in the world that's listening, they know kilometers. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's just, again, being, super honest with yourself and and you're sitting here saying like okay well i do actually work uh walk sorry not work well yes you are working but you're walking yeah. while you're working yeah and that means that you still need the energy to continue walking mm -hmm. so if you were to commit to like three times right off the bat and you're dog walking like six days a week let's say man like i i don't even know how i would have the energy to then walk another 17 kilometers yeah so it's it's really on what works with your lifestyle so if you're someone that's listening and you sit at your desk from 9 to 5 and you have your lunch break well then that means two times a week is not going to be the right recommendation for you because with your lifestyle you're not busy enough and i don't want to down i don't want i want you sorry 
my words are not coming out right. I don't want to downplay your job and your position. I don't want you to think, right. well, I have, now I have to do three times because my job, I just sit down. No, no, no. That's not what I'm saying. I just want you to look at big picture, but I still want you to be real with yourself. So if you know that me saying, okay, you should be going three times and you can think, okay, I actually can go three times like Monday, Wednesday, Friday, then that's reasonable for you. But if you're thinking like, there's no way I've never been to the gym before to go three times, then a hundred percent start with two. That's, but again, you have to look at your lifestyle and figure out a way that you can fit in your, your workout sessions in a way that works best for you, but really being honest with yourself. And that's, I think that's the key. I love that. Yeah. It's just definitely yourself and yeah, planning for sure. I think that's a great way to kind of wrap up the um, conversation here because I, I mean, those of you that are listening that need to learn a little bit more about your fitness lifestyle and your physical being, Ange just gave us so much information that we can take away. And if you're not already following our Instagram page, then make sure you head over and give that a follow. It's CCC underscore podcast. That's three C's underscore podcast, because we, you can definitely bet that we're going to be sharing more of this information over there on our Instagram account. Um, so if you didn't get a chance to write down these notes and you don't want to scroll back and figure out where it was that she gave all this sweet stuff away, you can definitely check that information out there. We'll definitely share it with you guys on one of our posts. Um, because I'm like, I want to write this information down so I don't forget it because it's so powerful and hearing it so simplified really helps us helps me to kind of understand that I can do this and I just need to continue to commit to myself. So as I said, I think that's a great kind of spot to wrap things up for today and move into our card reading. What do you think, Ange? Oh, I am so on the same page with you. This is so exciting. This is my favorite. Perfect. (laughs) Woo! Okay. So again, those of you that this is your first episode listening to it at the end of every episode, we do an Oracle card reading. This is a great way for us to receive guidance, direction, and some support for our life. So today I've got my magical mermaids and dolphins deck from Doreen Virtue, and I'm just going to start shuffling the cards here. Okay. Give us a second. Let me give a shuffle, shuffle. They're already starting to pop out at me. No, I'm just looking at you shuffling them. I'm like, oh my God, I feel like there's so many messages coming out. They're just popping out of nowhere. I've never Exactly. Seen <laughs> they really want us to hear something. So I'm going to ask a clear question. So what do we need to know, those of us listening to the Caring Connected Conversations podcast right now, no matter what time in life they're listening to this, what do we need to know? moving forward? What is a piece of guidance direction for our lives that we need to know right now? And I'm just going to give a little shuffle here. Oh, now, now, now they're like, we got to get the right one. I know. I like, you were very, very intentional with asking that question before, before shuffling. I just wanted to point that out because it's, it's really being intentional with your actions, which is again, based on what we, we talked about earlier in the podcast. So yeah, that, thank you for asking that question. That's a great, no, great of course. And it's funny because I don't always ask the question out loud. Usually I ask it internally. Um, so, you know, the universe knows kind of where I'm wanting guidance, but because so many cards were coming forward, I kind of had to be like, okay, chill. Like we don't need 20 cards. We just want one message. I love it. (laughs) So I I got one that popped out for us. And so this is what we're receiving right now for, for those of you that are listening for Ange and I today, we're being told to let yourself receive, allow others to give you loving care receive without guilt or apologies. Oh, I love that. Yeah, that is beautiful. And so the picture, you can't see it for those of you listening, but there is a girl, a mermaid, braiding another mermaid's hair. And I really like this because I think it reflects kind of on what just happened today. Let yourself receive the information that Ange is sharing. You know, 
Receive without guilt or apologies. Don't look back on your past self and feel guilty for the way that you've acted and the way that you've behaved in regards to your physical health. You know, allow you to allow yourself to receive this loving care that Ange is sharing with us through the spoken word and those tips and wisdom and guidance that she is giving to us. Allow it to help you to move forward in your life and look back on your past self and forgive that person. Forgive that person for they didn't know what you know right now. So now is the choice that you have to become better because of it. Oh, that is so amazing. That's so amazing. And I, like, I just wanted to touch on this too. It's letting yourself receive the love that you deserve. That's another yes. thing because you do love your body. Let's be real. You can't sit here and say, I don't love it. I don't love it. There is going to be something that you love about it. And what can you love more? So what are you going to allow yourself to receive? So that way you can translate that love into the feeling that you're, you're working towards. So, wow, this card is like spot on. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Isn't that so great? You know, again, if this is your first episode that you're listening to, make sure you go back and listen to some of the other ones, because as I said, we do a card reading at the end of every single episode. Great way for us to receive guidance and support. And I want, I, I believe every single card we've received on all the past episodes have been really connected to what we're talking about. And so it's just kind of that affirmation of focusing on that area of our life. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So that's all that we have for you guys today. I hope that you enjoyed this episode. If you have any comments or you want to let us know what, what your thoughts are on your uh, fitness regime and your physical health, make sure you let us know. You can send us an email. We're leaving our email in the description of these podcast episodes as well. Check us out on all the socials. We also have our own free Facebook groups. So I know Ange, because she focuses on fitness and mindset, she has a free Facebook group that is focused on that as well. So if you're needing more guidance in that area of your life, make sure you go check it out and leave a comment. Please leave a review. We love receiving reviews from you guys and feel free to take a screenshot and share it on the socials. So we know that you're listening to us and let us know all your thoughts. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Yeah. Have a great day, everyone. Bye. Bye.